0: Hi I'm Tina Spangler with TLC Barrels and welcome to my podcast. It is November 7th and this is my Q&A 117 and um, this basic podcast is made for my Facebook virtual coaching group but on a good note um, many other listeners have been listening lately and Many have joined the group based on the podcast alone, so that makes me happy to hear that you're finding my message and my principles and theories and training ideas helpful, and it makes you want to uh, send me your videos for me to review for you. So that's exciting. Welcome new members, Taylor out of Florida, Kayla in Texas, and Julianne in California. This month's personal best. Um, was won by Katrina and Angel so congratulations to them. Um, As far as our topic for today I'm going to talk about knowing your horse and what would be the best way to ride them during the week, warm them up, you know based on their individual personalities or horse personalities and their styles. So this last week has been a busy week. My dad's visiting, uh, MBHA Open and Senior World was going on. I did a lot of videos in the group, but also a lot of private videos for people who like to keep their stuff private. And also, um, I had a clinic three hours away, so I drove six hours and it was a six hour clinic and I'm extremely hoarse after that. So bear with me today. And then I had to come back and do 20 videos, um, from the clinic and also for the group, and I'm only halfway done. So anyhow, I'm a little bit tired today, so I'm going to get through everything and just kind of um, give you all a little bit of an update. So I'm really, really excited um, and, and happy for everyone at World um, that met your goals. Um, we had some really awesome runs. We had um, times down into the low 15s, and um, that's pretty cool amazing when you consider the amount of entries there and um and that was one with like 14 fours to 14 sevens so that's awesome to be a low 15 at, at world um mid 15s anything in a 15 is pretty dang fast at world so um you know and then those of you with low 16s should be really proud of yourself too um it's just it's just a great accomplishment when you're running against that many Um, entry. So be proud of yourself and um, don't forget to write notes about it in your journal. So that's really important. I do want to update everybody a little bit of housekeeping. Just remember if you're looking for a subject in the group page, go to the search box or magnifying glass and type it in, whatever it is, and it usually will pop right up. There's also the members only website that has over 150 videos organized by topic. Don't forget about that. Also, read my book that's sent to you in the email, or you can purchase on Amazon, so you better understand my program. And then listen to the podcast. There's two years worth of uh, Q&A and topics, and I cover a lot of really amazing stuff in there, so I hope you cover that, or listen to that, to take advantage of the entire program. Uh, you know, this weekend is a perfect example. My clinic had 10 riders, and... All of them, but one has already been to two or more clinics. Some of them that have been to maybe seven or eight clinics. And um, you would think, you know, why would they come to so many clinics? But pretty much my clinics are the same. We do a lot of horsemanship drills in the morning and barrel work in the afternoon. And the reason why is because every year they advance. Every year, they may be getting to the next level on that horse or maybe they're on a new horse. And there's always something more you'll learn and absorb. They say, People only retain about 10% what they, what they learn. So I've learned that's very true when people come for a lesson. Even if I was on a horse, I'd go through the, the diagram or the, the pattern for them on a horse, and I'd still have to repeat it for them. Um, because until you do it, you don't really let it get ingrained with anything. You know, if you change the oil on your truck, the first time you feel really uncomfortable. If you watch someone do it, it doesn't help you. Actually doing it is how you learn. And so that's why I think it's so important. I've changed my clinics over the years. I used to do a time run in the morning, time run in the evening, give out awards. Well, now, and I also used to ride all the horses for 10 minutes, and that took about two hours of the day to ride 10 or 12 horses. Um, So what I stopped doing was a lot of that. I don't have assistance anymore, so I don't have to pay assistance, and I get more one-on-one with the riders, and I can have less less. People. Instead of twelve I can take eight or nine. Uh, I don't usually take ten. This was unusual uh, but because they've all come before I was able to have two people going at the same time and coaching two at a time. So that worked out well. But normally I like eight. Eight's my happy number. And you know, sometimes it goes up or down. But um, I've learned that timing them in the morning isn't a good thing because nobody's ready. Timing them at the end of the day, the horses are exhausted. The people are exhausted. Um, and me riding them isn't really helpful because I already know what's going on with the horse nine times out of ten before I ever get on them. There's a very strange, very rare horse that I have to get on and say, oh, this one needs more of this or more of that. Usually I can tell from the ground because I've been doing it so long. But it also doesn't do any good for me to be able to do it on your horse if I can't teach you. So now what I do is my clinics are six hours and I... Um, on average sometimes I do shorter sometimes I do longer depend on what what they need but um on average and that's really six hours of of coaching with me and those riders and if you're smart you take advantage of watching the other people and learn what I'm saying to them and watching how they do the pattern and and watching leg cues and hand cues and where they're looking and the tips that I'm giving them and stuff like that so it's you know I've found That if it's a one-day clinic or a two-day clinic, they get more out of uh, coaching them actually doing things ever than me watching me. You know, it's just they learn so much more by doing than watching. So that's why I've made changes over the years. Um, Like I said, I feel like they need the slow work. Anyways, um, you need the muscle memory, the repetition. Uh, We do do a fast one at the end if people want to take advantage of a fast one at the end. And I videotape it. And then I do a slow motion video critique for them with notes. I used to give out handout notes and had an assistant write notes. Now, because technology is so cool, I don't need to do that. I just tell them what I what their notes are in their video and draw it on the video. So um, so that works out good. And I have videos I can send them to back it up for them to watch and do as well. So, So anyways, what I'm trying to say is everybody's always improving, whether you're working on improving your horsemanship, Or I'm working on proving myself as a coach. We're always getting better. I am a hundred times better Thank God than I was 30 years ago, and I should be Experience helps the trainer you are five years in ten years in, 15 years in you'll get better and better If you're open to learning and learning from every horse and rider you meet and also self-improvement keeping yourself inspired by reading books and watching videos and going to clinics and um, just Paying attention to, you know, what's what's going on out there. You know, new technology, new uh, vet care, dental care, farrier care. And, you know, again, just taking it all in. Does it mean that everything new is better? No, not necessarily. Sometimes it's just, you know, too much. Like sometimes you don't need all those supplements or all those gadgets. You just go back to the old-fashioned quality hay. Rest them when they're tired. Give them a cold hosing, you know, after each ride. Um, a proper cool down, proper Uh, warm up, you know, just the simple things and you'll have yourself a healthy horse. Um, You know, it just sometimes I think we overdo. uh, It's just human nature. But anyways, I'll get off that soapbox. And um, I want to go ahead and talk about uh, this month's challenges. Um, It's to be better. Better is our mindset challenge this month. Better today than we were yesterday. And that can be anything, anything in your life that you're trying to be better at. Maybe you're going to ride more. Maybe you're going uh, to get more inspired. Maybe you're going to read more, listen to podcasts more. Maybe stay away from negative energy. Whatever it is, just be better today than yesterday. That's your goal, your mindset goal for this month. And fancy broke is our skill for this month. So take a look at you and your horse. Find a weakness in your horse and get them fancy broke. So that might be a horse that needs to work off their hindquarters better. So maybe you'll do more loose rein, whoa, backing straight lines and circles, rollbacks, 360s, teach them to reining horse spin. Maybe they don't rate off your body well, so you're going to do more transition work. Maybe do some reining patterns, big circles, small circles, fast lobe, slow lobe, post trot, sit, jog. Um, you know, just mix it up. Simple lead transitions, flying lead transitions. Whatever your weakness is, find, it, find a way to make them fancy broke. I should have videos on most all of that um, and that's something you know it's not going to happen overnight that's something you're going to need to do a little bit every single day maybe your horse is stiff and needs more bend and flex maybe your horse over bends and swings their butt maybe you need to work on uh, getting them to be more more underneath yourself in a perfect circle things like that um, so yeah just those are your challenges for this month um, like I said I've got quite a few uh, videos to do we've had about six personal bests already come in from this weekend oh actually seven I haven't actually updated everything yet I'm working on it so it was probably more than that but I'm slowly going to have it done maybe by the middle of the week or the end of the week we also possibly have a hurricane coming to Florida in November and I have another clinic this Sunday <laughs> so let's just hope it doesn't happen so I'll be getting quite a few things going on this week um, so anyways the first question that came in um, was about how to stop, let's see, how to stop pivot second, lose forward motion. Okay, so okay, so what's happening is the horse is stalling out on second barrel. They feel like they're pivoting instead of staying in four-wheel drive. So there's several things you can do. Um, some horses, you can't sit down or they'll lose forward motion. So you have to kind of sit up all the way around the barrel. And I don't mean lean forward over their shoulders. I just mean sit up like shoulders, hips, and heels are all even, and squeeze with your legs, smooch, and and use your legs uh, going around those barrels. Drive them with your feet all the way around those barrels, both feet, just drive, drive, drive. Don't kick so hard you kick a barrel over, but kick enough that they know you mean business, and smooch at them. Also, look at spots one, two, and three with your eyes, a quarter turn ahead. Look three to five feet to the side behind and the exit of the barrel, and keep that hand low and forward, flat knuckle in the middle of their neck. All of those little things will make a difference. Also, the momentum that you have out of the previous barrel will help, too. You want to really drive out of those turns. And then you don't want to keep, you'll be kind of sitting up a little bit more forward when you drive out because you pull up on the horn and you're going with that horse's power. But then about halfway across the pin, you sit up and start driving more centered with your legs. So your shoulders and hips are even. You're looking between their ears. uh, Your hands are even, all of that. But while you're sitting up, you still push from your seat and your feet. And Drive them through those turns like that. So that's how you do that Uh, The next question was about sprinting your horse. Is that something you would do before run or during practice? Is that something I do with my horses? Um, That's a That's another individual deal if I have a push horse a horse that really likes to turn barrels and doesn't always free up especially if they're you know going to buildings and getting kind of scotchy in the winter months and stuff, I absolutely find myself an arena after a good warm-up that I can just let them have some fun in the run. And what I mean by that is we'll lope the short sides and just sprint the the long sides. And you will find that, or I always found, that horses wanted to sprint so much faster than they would run between the barrels or home without less effort because they like it. It's enjoyable for them. So just holding one hand on the rein and one hand on the horn and just putting those reins forward, not even hardly even having to smooch, they run hard and they enjoy it. And then you slow them down in the corner so they don't slip or fall or anything, and then let them sprint again the length. And that way there's no barrel involved, there's nothing to bother them. Um, another thing you can do if your horses are um, are sketchy, uh, I have, or you know, scotchy, sorry, anticipate, um, is I have a rubber band drill or a wall-to-wall drill, fence-to-fence drill, where you can um, ride your horse straight up to the fence um, and roll back away, or you can do set up two cones or two poles or two barrels and just work like the shape of a rubber band all the way fence-to-fence and just turn those cones, spot one, spot two, spot three, and go back all the way along, all the way to the wall again, to the next cone, and that way you're riding two hands all the way to the wall and take kind of that settiness out of your horses too. So you can do that for buildings you can do it for small um, outdoors um, you can do that at any point in time that you need to get your horse's mind off of the barrel and and off of the walls and get them to know that they can stay fluid between a, a barrel and a, and a fence or a cone and a fence anything like that and it also teaches you to ride up to the fence as well so those are things you can do but as far as do I ever breeze them how often things like that If I'm competing every week, I probably wouldn't breeze that horse. Um, You know, I mean, I don't want to overdo anything. You know, maybe if they had an off week, I might sprint them. Um, I had one horse I did sprint once a week, even if I was competing, because she was just so push style. So um, that was Callie in Colorado. And then my other horses, um, I would just sprint them every once in a while. Now, Belle came off the racetrack, so I never sprinted her because her emotions couldn't handle it. So, Bell and Buddy, they came off the racetrack, so they didn't need to sprint. They knew how to run. But, uh, you know, Callie, Cash, Sister, Briscoe, all of them, I always sprinted them for fun, just to put the fun in the run. Um, I sprinted clients' horses to free them up. So, it's a good thing, as long as you know the ground is safe. But always hold the horn, watch they could trip, they could get excited and buck. So, be ready for that. You know, hold your reins tight. Um, be ready for anything when you do that for the first time for sure you know just always be ready um, as far as what i sprint before a show i've had people do that next to me when i'm warming up and it's really annoying you're trying to warm your horse up calm and someone sprints right by you so if your horse needs it at a show all i can say is you can try it and see if it's helpful but try to find a place where there aren't any other horses where you're going to get somebody a horse sitting back on the trailer or you know, bucking or anything like that. So you want to always be careful. Um, But yes, those are things that that's where you would journal. Everything's going to be trial and error. And in my experience, if I'd ever had a horse that emotionally or mentally would handle a sprint before a run, um, that wouldn't be good. And you also have to watch the weather in Florida. If it's hot and humid and places like that, you don't want to sprint and worry about um, causing your horse to be a bleeder or anything like that. So um, so those are always things to take into consideration as well um, as far as as far as the um, You know the sprinting during the week. I do think it's a great idea to free them up um, I, Do you need to do a lot of barrel work on an open horse? No um, A drill maybe once a week Maybe some trail riding um, Also when you warm them up, you may just want a long trot re- really big rectangles or lope very large circles on that horse that's more, that needs to free up more instead of um, sprinting or doing small circles. By the time you get to the barrel race, you should trust your training and see what you're doing at home is working and, um, and make your warm up as quiet and simple as possible, just enough to get them loose and paying attention. So um, the topic today is knowing your horse and I've already kind of talked about that a little bit with the questions I had. Um, I didn't have a lot of questions this week just because it's been kind of a, oh, wait, I'm sorry. I still have a few more questions right here. One, two, three more. See, I told you I was tired. So um, spurs or whip for more run, or fire. Again, it's going to truly depend on the individual horse. So um, I, I think some horses do better with just a little bumper spur. Some might do better with a little row if used properly. Um, if you whip, you should whip and stride with your horse and not just keep whipping past the eye or, or um, with your adrenaline that you leave a mark on your horse. Um, same with your kicking. It shouldn't be big butterfly kicks. It should just be a little bit of driving to, for encouragement, um, not knocking the wind out of their lungs. Uh, and as far as whipping, some people are so busy looking for their whip, they forget to tell the horse to run and then find their whip. Or um, or they're sitting back, pulling back on the reins while they're whipping. So you got to make sure it's something that's actually helping you and not hurting you. Some horses will slow down when you whip them. Um, and then some horses will um, slow down when you kick them. So you have to truly know your horse. Um, what's going to work best with them? I've seen horses, people go reach down to pat them on the shoulder on the run home and they slow down. So it's truly an individual horse thing. Some do better just to get up and ride, smooch, reins to the ears, and just hustle that way. So I think you just have to treat it as a one-on-one. Um, and again, that's why I want you guys to journal because that's how you really, truly um, keep track and how you improve. You can't You can't improve your performance if you don't recall what you did. It always amazes me when I ask people, what did you learn or what did you do? And they'll be like, I don't know. You're not going to get any better if you don't know. And if you, if I, you know, at a clinic, for instance, if I have you do a drill and I give you some tips, then the next time you go through, it should have set in by then and you shouldn't need to be told to do that again. Sometimes people do though, especially young riders, you know, it takes them a little bit young, longer to get, get it um, or really novice riders. But, but it's certainly something to keep in your mindset that, you know, take that tip serious and work at it. Until it's part of auto- automatic, you know, muscle memory. It's like baseball or basketball. They don't just play games; they do parts of their games. They do shooting and layups and defense and offense. You know, I'm totally out of my comfort zone here, but but you know what I mean. They break it down into pieces. They don't just play competition over and over. They do drills. They break it into pieces to make improvements. So that's something you want to really consider too. Um, As far as this can all fall under um, our topic for today, too, by the way Um, The next question is how to warm up Definitely, um, if it's an open horse um, Don't be training on them at the barrel race, you know warm them up like you would at home before you're gonna go work them You know just get them loose get them paying attention. I want to feel my horses soft and responsive Um, I want to feel that you know pilots copilot things are working, you know, they're they're you know, bending, they're flexing, they're wowing, they're moving forward and stopping and responding to my body and my voice and things like that, but nothing too serious. Just get the blood pumping so that their legs and and muscles are warmed up and then I might stretch them, stretch their neck, stretch their legs, uh, things like that. So I have that pre-race routine down. If I have a hot horse or a fractious horse, I'm going to warm up far away from Everything and it's going to be a a slow quiet warm-up if I have a lazy laid-back horse I might warm up near the arena and the craziness and you know Just do my big circles and things like that to get them, you know woke up and and a little bit of fired up Um, Again, you just want to play it by ear some horses need a long warm-up I had all my horses where I could do a 20-minute warm-up and they were good to go Um, you know I Generally was running three horses. I don't have an hour to warm up each horse But I've known horses that are really strong and stiff Um, some horses if they're strong you may want them in a a more Leverage bit to warm up and get them paying attention and then you can put them in something lighter to compete and Sometimes it's the other way around you put them in something light to get bend and flex And then you compete in something with a little bit more quickness of a leverage bit so again, it's going to depend on the individual so those are things that are really important. Um, I know with laid-back horses, I'm going to do more long trotting, loping big circles. Um, with a, a hot horse, I might do more walking, more sit-jogging, more, you know, collection work, riding into the bridle, stopping, backing, rollbacks, things like that, if I have a free runner or a hotter horse. Um, sometimes I'll walk an in invisible pattern just to get them focused to my Body. I also have a couple warm-up drills called up-downs. I also have one called um, Go rate turn that I do where it feels just like my cues I'd go two hands go cue sit for rate go to the horn and turn a circle I'm you know turn a three-quarter turn whatever and go the other way and I just do that as a warm-up drill as well I also do circles and rollbacks as a warm-up drill. So I have like three warm-up drills again they're in the group and the website too Um, If you want to see those videos, and I post them in the group periodically. So they'll be easy to find in the search box. The next question was about uh, the baby's teeth, how often to get young horses teeth done. Um, Really, it's important from two to five years old to get them done at least once a year and maybe have them checked twice a year because they're losing baby teeth. They're losing caps. They're possibly going to get a wolf tooth. Um, you know, there's getting a lot of sharp points. All those things need to be checked and not just by anybody with a rasp But you know, not just a vet who doesn't have extra dental training, but truly a dentist that does a full mouth um, Because you don't want sharp points. You want the whole mouth balanced, the molars sizers everything together um, That's important. If you don't you could have horses that are uncomfortable in the mouth with ulcers and that's gonna hurt them or it could pinch them when you're trying to flex them Uh, You know if you have a sore tooth and you're trying to eat or anything or it just really painful So it's the same for a horse. You want to make sure you take care of that Uh, The next question is about when to use a tie-down Personally, I'd never use a tie-down for slow work and training Um, I never do I would never put a tie-down on a horse that had a hole in their foundation if they're not broke in the face and they don't understand head down Left right and down if they don't know how to have control without a tie-down that's certainly not a horse. I'm gonna slap a tie-down on I'm gonna go back to basics with them and get get them broke um, That's gonna be important to me. You know if I have a horse that's an X rope horse um, And they are comfortable in them. They're calmer in it uh, You know, I'm not gonna put something severe. I don't like those uh, wire or cable, you know metal tie downs um, I don't like any of those. I, I'll, if I start, I'll start with a flat leather or possibly a, a, a rope. And even the rope, I'll put electric tape or vet wrap on if I can. Um, I've, I've seen cable with the leather around it. That might be okay. But in some horse's case, it can be calming. But you have to remember a horse balances with their head and neck. And oftentimes, tie-downs adjusted too tight can get them stumbling and on their front end. Um, and it's also they balance with their head and the neck so if they trip and they can't adjust themselves It can cause a problem as well So you have to know why you're using your tie down if it does help when you're going a little faster to shave that last half second Because it helps keep that horse collected because they get a little bit strong and pushy I have seen horses. They get too strung out without one and it is beneficial There's a few in the group that I've seen do better with a tie down than without but again it's not because The rider can't control them. It's more used as a a tool for, you know, a little bit more performance, not because you lack foundation or control. So just keep that in mind when you're using a tie-down. The next question was uh, stiff and rollback. um, Is there any way to make them more wrap around the barrel and four-wheel drive? And honestly, the answer is not really. Um, You might be able to get them to meet you in the middle for instance, you'll train doing a lot of four-wheel drive work, circles with flex, bend, and fluidity. Um, you know, by by working like, you know, spirals or single barrel or big circle, small circle, you can get a horse that's really stiff and sticky, more fluid. You can work all lefts, all rights with three barrels or four barrels. Um, there's a lot of things like that you can do um, to help them. But... A true rollback horse is gonna take a pocket a little bit different. Where most horses go in half a circle and a straight line, a rollback horse might teardrop a barrel or V a barrel and take their pocket more behind the barrel. So you'd rather have it look more like a teardrop than a V, but if they're really stiff, sometimes it looks more like a V. So I prefer a four-wheel drive style where they're more wrappy and, and bendy around the barrel to your pivot spot. But there are horses that will, like I said, teardrop or via barrel based on their stiffer rollback style. So you want to work with a horse, not against them. Because some horses, that's truly their authentic style that's going to put them in the 1D. My mare, Belle, was like that, especially on our first barrel. Um, You know, there's, you know, certain things you don't want to change in some horses. You know, especially if they're a big horse or maybe a really little compact horse. Um, you have to decide. Some horses just are much easier to get around a barrel. I, I prefer four wheel drive. There are several styles, and um, I'll mention that quickly now uh, as part of the topic. And, um, you know, there the three main styles there are are the four wheel drive, uh, the front endy, and the rollback. The front endy are going to be really hard on their front feet and their shoulders, the rollbacks are going to be really hard on their hocks and their stifles. The four-wheel drive is going to be a little bit more balanced, so that's why I'll train every horse to be four-wheel drive. Um, but it, it, there's times where you just have to say, you know what, this is how this horse wants to go, and it's efficient, so let it be. Um, but if it's not, you know, you're not clocking. You're three second, two seconds out, you know, whatever. You may want to modify. Um, the other thing is the uh, the different styles. Like I said, some are stiff, and then you have some that, Rubber neck and swing their butt or float their shoulder, um, so you want to adjust for those things. Some things can be a strength and some things can be a weakness. So that's how you decide how you train during the week. Um, my horses will all have a strength and client horses too, but they'll also have a weakness. You know, some horses the way they're built, their head and neck just come out of their shoulders high, so they're high headed. So I might teach that horse to put their head down with very light rein cues and leg cues. And just try to tr- get them to travel with their head a little bit flatter because you're going to cross the timer on a flatter horse than a higher horse if they Tick the timer off at their head or their neck versus their shoulder So those are all things to consider you can't make all, all horses run flat out like a racehorse some are going to run a little bit more high-headed but There's things I'll work on like I like, like I said if a horse is stiff or not those are all things to consider but um those are the main things when I think about how I'm going to warm up a horse up. I answered that in the question. You really just have to know your horse. And that's why it's so important that you have a performance tracker, a bro racing log. Because the first thing I'm going to ask you when I get these videos and you had a great run last week and a bad run this week, I'm going to say what changed. Did you exhibition or not exhibition? Did you change something? Did you not give them their calming paste? Were you more hyper? Were they more hyper? Have you ever ran in that arena before? Did something happen in their warm-up? You know, did you get them vaccinated, change their diet? Anything that changes can cause a difference. It could just be you took them to the wrong arc or positioned them in the wrong place or just cued them too late for rate or turn or maybe backed off too soon or went to the horn too early instead of two hands. Um, that's why you have to say what has changed. And that's why you have a journal with good notes in there. You might draw your pattern. You might note that how your horse felt in the warm-up or down the alleyway. If you felt in the zone or or nervous that day. You remember the red light, green light or the go or no go. Those are important things to check in with yourself. How do I get myself in the go or no go? Go, I'm feeling positive. My horse feels ready. I feel ready. I'm excited. Uh, We warmed up good. We're ready to do this. No go. I just seen somebody slip. I don't think I want to run. I'm going to draw out. Oh, my horse warmed up like an idiot. I think they're going to buck me off. Um, oh my gosh, I, I just want to throw up. I can't focus. I can't calm myself. I can't visualize my run. I'm just, you know, totally a mess. Those are no go. So that's why it's so important. We talk about visual visualizing and meditation and centering. I know those are all like, you know, trendy words, but they really do are part of it. You've got to know how to take those deep breaths, sing a song. My song is Amarillo by morning. If you can't think of a song, you know, Rudolph the red Nose Reindeer, ABCs, whatever you can remember as a kid, you know, kids always remember things. Do that. Calm yourself down. Take deep breaths. Just connecting to your horse. Talk to your horse and say, let's go have fun, boy. You know, we've got this, girl. And, um, and just start being grateful. Look, I'm so thankful for this horse. I'm so thankful I get to be here today. I'm just thankful that this is how I get to spend my life. You know, things like that, um, will help you just, you know, get your mindset back in the go mode instead of the no go. You know, when it stops being fun, that's when you have to say, why am I doing this? You know, if I feel like I'm going to throw up before my run, that's not very fun. You know, um. Sorry that's kind of a rude thing to say but but you do feel that way sometimes there's a 3p's I used to joke about with my girls when we go to rodeos all right girls did you do your 3p's and they'd say what's that i go p pray puke and um they'd laugh so then we got tired of saying that and so we started saying three new p's and that was peace positivity and prayer did you do your 3p's are you peaceful are you positive and did you do your praying And those are our new three Ps, but um, you know, it used to just be a joke, but that's how you feel sometimes, but that's coming over being negative versus positive. So, you know, um, it's just one of those things where you you have to do like our mindset for the last four months has been about believing in yourself and positive attitudes, positive thoughts, um, being better, you know, um, all of those things. So, so all those things add up and being able to visualize and visualizing takes practice, just like brushing your hair and brushing your teeth. If you visualize every day, how you ride your horse, it's going to get better for you. And I can't say, you know, Hey Susie, use exactly one pound of pressure at exactly this point of rain and two pounds of inside leg and then release and then go to, because it's going to change. What's not going to change is you've got one left and two rights or vice versa. Um, you know, your pocket or your arc's not going to change, your spot one, your spot two, your pivot spot, that's not going to change. But things are going to change. The arena, the ground, um, the environment, the atmosphere, um, you know, long scores, short scores, on the fence, not on the fence. So that's why we learn to visualize. It's not to get, you know, all like, all, you know, hippie on you and be like, you know you gotta do this but but it's more like, are you prepared when you went to enter? do you know where the stakes are? um do you know where the the timers are? You know some people pull up before the timer, some people whip well past the timers, so when you go sign up, you know know where the timers are um and write it down. You know my horse slows down when I kick them, you know my horse um you know needs me to drive them all the way to that timer. You know, they're pretty free leaving the third barrel But the closer we get to the alleyway, the more I feel the brakes come on, you know Things like that pay attention to the little details that shave off a tenth here a tenth there. So That's how I want you to think of things and um, I've already been talking for 35 minutes and like I said I'm super tired um, And I have a bunch of videos to do so I'm gonna close by telling you um Please journal. Journal everything that you learn from every ride and every run. That's what's going to help you win in the future. You have to have a plan in order to meet a goal. You have to work at that goal by breaking it down into a daily or weekly thing to be better, to get better. You can't just be, I don't know what happened out there. You know, but you also don't want to be, oh, I got to fix five things. Focus on one thing at a time. You know, focus on my hands this week, focus on my eyes, you know, this week, whatever it is, pick one thing at a time to get better at. Um, And then I would also like for you to remember, this is getting close to the end of the year, end of the season. This is a great time to look backwards and say, how did this year go? And I can promise you at the end of a season, you will have more runs that you can find improvement on. Then you will have perfect runs that you feel happy about. That's just how it is, um, due to the fa- due to due to the fact that it is um, it is a very much a timing and position sport at full speed. You know, with a horse having their own mind, you having your mind. That timing and position at full speed is not easy to find perfection in. So we have to keep it fun, but that's also what makes it challenging. If it was easy, you know, it wouldn't be uh, so challenging for you. It wouldn't be something worthwhile, you know, all things that are, um, you know, things that are worthwhile, you have to work at them. It takes time to get there. So, So keep that in mind, you know, you can look back on a year and there might be one or, you know, a handful of runs that you go, you know what, that was a good run you know every other run you can be like well my timing was kind of lame at this barrel or oh, i missed my spot at that barrel but you know remember to always if someone says hey great run just say thank you because a you might have outrun them and they were proud of their run and if you pick at your run they might be wow i'm suck if you know she didn't like her run and my run was worse or my run was slower so just say thank you and then you know you're competitive if you weren't competitive. You wouldn't barrel race. You would just go trail riding. So, you know, it's your passion. Um, you have goals. You have dreams, as it should be. But also realize how God, and I'm going to close with this. God is um, God is how we need to find our, our way um, to where we stay inspired. Because I can promise you in the arena, you're never going to be satisfied. You're going to always find... Um, Something else you can fix even if you win the 1d saddle for the end of the year You're gonna want to do it again next year or maybe you're gonna want to go to the pro rodeo circuit after that You know, it's never gonna be enough. There's always going to be another step up but if you look at things from God's point of view and find peace in the fact that a you have this awesome connection with your horse be you're living a lifestyle you love you're helping others you're um, enjoying your family and your friends and making awesome memories um you're living for eternity for heaven for god not for the moment not for a buckle or a saddle um remembering that you know the joy that comes from your friendships your family your just loving your horses putting the horse before the sport um that's where you're gonna find your peace and your satisfaction, not in the next buck or the next saddle. Those are all things that basically collect dust, like they said in the eight seconds movie of Lane Frost. And and um I think there was a part where he said, I don't remember, I know I told him I love him, or I told him I was proud of him, but I don't know if I told him I love him. I can't remember exactly. But it was one of those. So, you know, I, I constantly tell my son that I'm proud of him, that I love him. And And, you know, and he's at that age now where he's finding his way and his way is not my way, but it's his way and it's beautiful to see him finding his way. I went through that too. I went through a stage where I went out in the world and wanted to be different than what I grew up, you know, and then sometimes you go back to what you grew up when you get older. Sometimes you don't. Sometimes you have your own way that you go, but either way, there's nothing wrong with it as long as you're a kind and loving person. What's on the inside is more important than what's on the outside as far as, you know Your buckles and your saddles and all of that stuff, you know, if you truly Are that person, you know that that's a godly person and that stands out to people You know, and, we, and i'm not saying they're not sinners. They don't screw up. They do They lose their temper. They do things they shouldn't do. They think badly Sometimes they do stuff they shouldn't do but i'm not saying that i'm just saying you're trying you're trying to be what would Jesus do? What would God do? You're trying to do those things, you know um, And you're finding that peace comes from there uh, People ask me how could you not ride or compete for the last two years? Well, you know circumstances obviously, you know living alone and having my own business and and all that trying to get set up to get the surgery. Um That's the main reason but number two is because I have peace and the passion And the gifts that God has given me with my business to help others, you know, and, and, you know, sometimes, you know, people say thank you and they appreciate me and I appreciate that. But I don't do it for that. I do it because it's what I love doing. You know, is it nice when someone, you know, gives you a reference or whatever? Absolutely. But do I need to have the thank you? No, I do it because this is what I do. It's what I love and what I've always done, you know. A thank you means a lot, though, when you do get it, you know, in anything. You know, a simple thank you makes you feel appreciated. And I think those are the things that are godly things that people can do for other people. Just a kind word to one another. A kind word to your horse. You know, a kind word to your family or your, your dog. Those are all things that are, um, I, I guess, more important in the long run, right? When it's all said and done. When you get to the golden gates, you know, is it going to be, um, hey, I won that saddle. Are you proud of me? Or, you know, I was kind to people. I was kind to my horses. I was kind to others. I helped where I could. You know, those are the things that you have to look back at. So when you find yourself all upset over a time, you know, oh, I, I ran a 17.0 instead of a 16.5. On the, on the big scale, I know it's important because this is what we do. We're barrel racers. But on the big scale, there's more important things. So, you know, being a good sport, good sportsmanship, uh, encouraging someone else when they're down and out, you know, and knowing that your one run doesn't define you, you know. One action doesn't define you. So anyways, I'm going to finish up there, and I want to thank you guys for tuning in. And um, I'm going to work on videos and uh, try to get caught up there. So thank you for tuning in. Um, As always, ride with heart. Stay safe with the storm coming for Floridians. Looks like we're just going to have some wind and rain. So we could use the rain. And um, thank you for tuning in. And as always, ride with heart. God bless.